United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Keith Mines is the director for Latin America at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Keith, welcome back. Great. Thanks to be. It's good to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. So, uh, Blinken, what was the purpose of that trip? Well, I would call this the reassurance trip. Uh, I think what he was really trying to do, he had a, a meeting in, in Lima uh, with the OAS, which was pre, uh, pre-scheduled, but I think he added on a couple of other countries in addition to Peru, Colombia, and Chile with the idea that he would reassure countries that are moving to the left, uh, that the United States respects that decision. He was very clear about this. We don't judge countries by where they are on the political spectrum, but by their respect for democracy, the rule of law, and human rights. So I think that was really the the theme, the reassurance tour that you can go wherever you want uh, politically, socioeconomically, and the United States will respect that uh, and then still seek to uh, to, to work on the, the joint issues that we have. I think that was really the the main message of the of the trip. We've heard from leaders in some of these countries that uh, a little bit of bitterness that the U.S. is so focused, has been so focused on, for example, the Middle East or now Ukraine and Europe. Yeah, I, I mean, there's always a sense that the U.S. is neglecting uh, the hemisphere. But I mean, if you add up the the, the, the visits that have been made, the bilateral engagements, I think it, it, it actually adds up to uh, to more than some people are giving it credit for. But in this context, again, it was certainly... Uh, there was other issues to be working. In fact, Ukraine came up uh, during the OAS uh, part of the visit. So there was, you know, there's a, a, a sense of, of helping to, to build uh, global solidarity with Ukraine. President Zelensky offered a, a speech uh, to the, the, uh, the, the members of the OAS uh, General Assembly, which was the last part of the visit. So Ukraine did figure in it. But I think, um, I think the other pieces of it were still fairly robust. And uh, again, the fact that it was three countries uh, then ending with this OAS meeting was, you know, was not not nothing. Uh, How did these leaders talk about Venezuela among themselves? Yeah, Venezuela came up uh, in the OAS meeting and then all all the bilateral uh, meetings. It's kind of at a turning point now because it's coming up on four years of the uh, the Guaido administration uh, that will be at four years in uh, in January, and and uh, it's kind of dragged on a couple of years beyond what it might have. So there's some real kind of decision points. Um, there's an opening, I think, for some creative approaches after the U.S. midterms in November for some creative approaches to Venezuela. And of course, Venezuelan oil is not insignificant. It's not going to immediately pump up global oil supplies, but it's certainly a psychological message if it were back in the market. And I think the U.S. is certainly cognizant of the importance of of Venezuelan oil uh, globally. There was this um, release of prisoners by both sides a few weeks ago that was kind of an effort of of good faith, I think, to, to reset some of uh, some of what might uh, might come up. The hemisphere is, um, you know, again, I think is looking more than anything for a new approach to Venezuela. They were very strong in condemning the human rights abuses and the the, the negatives of the Venezuelan regime. Uh, that was uh, near universal among the OAS members. But it was also, you know, also a, a, the, the previous consensus of, of just adding more pressure and hoping for the best, I think, is breaking down. And there's a a desire for more creative policies. 
Uh, there was some interesting discussion in Bogota about America's ongoing war on drugs. A certain, uh, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it, but basically the the leaders in Colombia were saying, yeah, well, your problem's fentanyl, not, not coke, so not our issue anymore. Well, it's, yeah, it's a very broad issue that, um, and that's been at the heart of so much of the relationship up until now that the reset in, in counter-narcotics policy is going to be, it's going to take a lot of uh, creativity and, and a lot of intense engagement. Again, I think the secretary's main uh, message was that uh, we, we can differ on, on policies, on approaches. We will respect your views and we'll work through them. So the counter-narcotics part of the Columbia visit uh, was pretty upfront. Uh, the Colombian, the new Colombian government, uh, if you saw the UNGA speech, uh, the UN General Assembly speech by President Petro, uh, very strident about a new global approach to narcotics that were, were just going about this wrong, uh, even drawing in the environmental issues, which was interesting, uh, but very, very strident about that, does not want to see forced eradication anymore. He'd like to see crop substitution as the, the way out there, uh, decriminalization of the softer drugs uh, almost universally, again, a, a focus on the environmental issues that come along with uh, narcotics policies. So a lot of different, a lot of new approaches. The U.S., I think, is open to that. Certainly this administration has its own different approach, but there are going to be limits uh, to how far and how fast it can go. Uh, extradition is going to be another key thing. It's been a real uh, part of the counter-narcotics cooperation for a long time with the U.S., ability to extradite drug kingpins to the United States where they can be tried and, and incarcerated in ways that may not uh, work out in Colombia. So there's a number of issues to work through. I think it was, you know, again, it was very upfront, very open, but I think the secretary was again saying we can disagree, we'll work through the issues, uh, but we still uh, value a strong relationship with Colombia, which has been really our, our probably our closest ally in the hemisphere for the last two decades. Keith, the subject of Cuba also came up a few times for Blinken. And I, I confess I've been a little surprised that the Biden administration hasn't done much there. Yeah, uh, Cuba comes up, uh, it was kind of in the context this time of Nicaragua and Venezuela. And there was a kind of a condemnation of the, you know, the authoritarian regimes of the hemisphere. Um, I, I don't think the administration domestically has the bandwidth, has the ability, certainly not until after the midterms to do anything creative on Cuba the way it did last time. So I think I think Cuba's in a bit of a holding pattern. Um, Cuban migrants are way up. This is the other issue that came up uh, across a lot of the meetings and, and certainly at the OAS was the issue of migration. And Cuba is one of the, the top three countries now for migration. So, um, you know, a desire to, to fix some of the short-term things as well as uh, the longer term. But I think Cuba, yeah, again, I think a bit of a holding pattern. The Biden administration got beat up pretty hard uh, domestically on some of its Cuba uh, policies. So I think that's one that'll have to wait. Keith Mines, director of the Latin America programs at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Keith, thank you so much. Thank you. Great to be here. Have a great day. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.